They are the boys in the back room. We have a guy who works in the back, Eric Jones. He's the big German. Be nice to Marvin. He'll be taking your calls today. Chat row, Tyler, the moderator, handling the duties there. A couple of weeks ago, Dylan was getting us breakfast. Now he's doing graphics on this program. You know who? Blame Mario. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, the uh, backroom guys are not allowed to eat until 12.15. You're now listening to the 12.15 Club. And welcome back into another edition of the 12.15 Club. It is Ariel here in the mic, joined by all the boys in the back. I got Eric the Big German, Dylan the Graphics Guy, and Marvin. We're happy to have Marvin back. I'm still out of studio, working from home. You guys miss me yet? I wasn't prepared for such a tough question, so let's move on. Absolutely not. I'm prepared. And the answer is absolutely not. Marv, you are you have a chance to really make this up here for everybody else. Do you miss me? No. Maybe our guests will miss me. I'm going to bring in. We're bringing in Eric Weeks, the star of Weeks is Fired. He's our cameraman here at Dan Patrick's show. Weeks, do you miss me? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, now that you're gone, there's a lot less targets. That is true. I mean, uh, it's spread out a little more. Who's getting the brunt of like the made fun of in the studio? It's still Mario, right? It's still me. Oh, Todd, too. I mean, so you're saying this is all happening behind my back. Honestly, I don't think it's changed that much. It even, you know, was Dan Hill just kind of be like, oh, well, you know, that looks good. You know, a lot better than weeks. And I'll be like, you know, why is it me? You know, I, I'm just right here. And then it'll be like towards Tyler. And I'm like, why, why Tyler? You know, just because he's right here. And now, like, people will be gone miles away, scattered throughout the state. And Dan will just still spread <laughs> those insults out to people who aren't in the room when virtually no one's in the room. Weeks, you've been working a little bit more one-on-one with him of lately couple tasks around the studio what's that like it's great dan's cool he's really easy to talk to but he's also like it's it's kind of like everything else you don't know when he's serious which is probably the meat of the whole bit of me getting fired is that to this day i still don't know if i will actually get fired (laughs) if there's a hole in one you know he i Dan messes around, and then sometimes he's really serious, and it's kind of hard to tell where that line is. Are you, are you seriously concerned that you could be fired? What's like your whole thought process on this week's is fired segment? Um, it kind of came out of nowhere because I mean he's always kind of. I think this what it used to be is if Dan makes the hole in one, uh, Todd would have to go run around the parking lot naked. Yeah, and now it's, turned, like- it's evolved into um, if he hits a hole in one, you'll get fired. What was your initial thought process with all that uh, when it came up? Um, I mean, I, I thought it was funny, the getting naked thing. I, I think it was just that Paulie actually got naked, so there was really nowhere to go as far as that goes. So I don't know. And initially, I was like, yeah, this is a funny bit. And then it was like, well, I, I mean, but, you know, like, I like this job. I like staying around here. Yeah, well, I mean, we like having you around, but I mean, if he does hit a hole in one and business is business, um, you get fired. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, I mean, going back to not knowing if he's serious, like I used to, um, back when we were with DirecTV, we had all these open segments. And once I came on full time, I would have to, 
like kind of communicate from the director and the editors who are going to do these segments, like what the guys have to do. And that was all the like, um, all the bits about like Seton being the fly and stuff like that. And it was fun. We would have like camera operators and we would kind of like shoot, you know, this like little short film and like three minutes after the show wrapped. And there was this one time that Dan, Dan had to be a zombie and he was like, what's a zombie like what does a zombie do <laughs> and i was like uh you know they like hold out their hands and they go like brains and he's just looking at me like uh-huh, uh-huh and laughing and i'm like he knew what a zombie was he's just messing with me and then like a week later <laughs> he sees this uh this vampire movie what what we do in the shadows and it's like you know they're you know, they're trying to get invited into people's houses and they're like turning into bats and like drinking blood and like all these things that we know vampires do. And on air, he's like, uh, so I watched the zombie movie. And anyway, these like zombies are like, you know, they can't look in mirrors and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, Dan was not messing with me. Like he legitimately had no clue what a zombie was and had no interest in learning what a zombie was. So, yeah, I mean, just like I don't know if Dan knows what a zombie was, I don't know if I'm going to get fired or not. But, you know, thus far, he he's been hitting worse and worse for some reason. So I don't know. Maybe he likes me. Well, maybe I think you have control of that golf simulator so you can kind of change the elements and change the wind factor or if it's raining. Is that a fair allegation? Oh, yeah. I I try to make it out in the open, um, but I've kind of realized that I could do it just enough to mess with them. And I figured that would be too cruel. Like that would be a legitimate, (laughs) like he would legitimately fire me. If I like turn the wind direction, like a few degrees to the West. And then it's like, Oh man, I got to compensate a little bit. Let me kick it out. Like, so every time I've changed it, I try to make it like a torrential downpour, like abs, like ridiculous wind so that he has to hit it far to the side. You know, I, I want to, mess with him but not enough that it changes his golf swing forever that that is something dan would take personal i think he would too and i i think he appreciates that you uh have that in mind that you do not want to mess up it's taken him a little bit to get back you know he's had surgeries and whatnot and now he's back and you're the one that's going to ruin it so i think he definitely appreciates you thinking about that yeah i mean he he loves golf. Like his wife's getting into it. And it, it is this like personal thing where like he'll come in and be like, yeah, golf's with golf with Sue this weekend. Like she did great. I'm really happy. And then uh, one weekend he comes in or one Monday he comes in and he's like, Sue almost got a hole in one. Can I tell you in all my <laughs> golfing on real courses all these years, I've never come that, that close to getting a hole. Like, he was a little pissed. <laughs> so, yeah, Dan takes golf seriously. You mentioned, seriously. you mentioned before that you're kind of, you know, back when we were with DirecTV, you were that li- liaison between the directors and the producers in L.A. and the guys in the studio. You still have that role uh, when things are normal in studio and everybody's there. Uh, what's it like? kind of getting direction from Eric and then relaying that to Dan and the guys, how, how difficult can that be sometimes? If at all. I, it's just a constant struggle of people being like, okay, we're coming in in 30 seconds. Like, what are they doing? 
why aren't they standing in place? <laughs> because it's like they've been doing this for years. So you'll say 30 seconds and 27 seconds after that, it will absolutely look like I have said nothing and no one is prepared to do a look in. But it's just like the it's the organic nature of the show. So, you know, two seconds later, everyone stands up, everyone walks into the shot and they start riffing like they're halfway in between a conversation. It's it's something that is obviously established over a full decade. But, you know, we switched from a studio in L.A. with probably I don't know. What would you say, Eric, like a 30 or so person team? It's kind of relative, but yeah, if you count some of the tech crew and stuff, I think the actual production folks is probably closer to around 12 or 13. Yeah. And now it's uh, Eric, basically. And Dylan. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And Dylan. And, and Dylan. Tyler. But, yes. But in terms of, uh, you know, voices in my ear, it's pretty much just Eric. And it's just the same thing. Like we get ready and it's like, okay, we got a looking coming up. What's going to happen? Like, are you giving them the counts? And then it's like five, four, three. And at two, they all stand up and they walk in the shot and we're ready to go. Yeah, Eric. What's funny about it, Weeks, is that I years ago was the stage manager, which is the role that you're describing. So I know how it is to try to um, get the guys. You know, their, their first line of work is to produce a great radio show. And then we produce a TV show that's about that radio show, right? So they're radio producers. Yes, they uh, have producing uh, control over the TV show, but really the first thing, especially during the live show that they're thinking about is a radio show. So, um, you know, in a traditional TV world, you know, you might have someone in place for two, three, four minutes waiting for a segment. And so here I'm like 30 seconds to air. And I know that you're struggling, but like, I also feel helpless because I'm like, you know, if you're imagining yourself and you're looking at 20 some odd uh, tel- TVs and it's your choice and, and your responsibility to put the best shot up and the plan that everybody has is to go to camera 29 with a graphic and camera 29 is staring at the floor or the wall and there's no one in the shot that's supposed to be there and you don't know what microphones to bring up or what to do. So um, I'm not envious of your position, but I have been there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um that's another thing that I've kind of taken the role of is doing the, like I just stage manage on some of the remotes, which is what Eric did before. And uh, that's a lot of fun. It's, it's a different job. It's a much bigger job because here it's contained. Everyone knows the space, everyone knows what they're doing. And, you know, we sometimes have a guest, but it's like, it's kind of like having someone in your living room versus like, you know, we have this huge, studios with these huge studios on these remotes with all these different guests and all this different traffic it just it literally becomes a different job yeah we're joined by eric weeks our cameraman slash utility do it all man here at the dan patrick show eric or weeks i don't know why i just called you eric i don't think i've ever called you eric in my life but weeks i learned that you play that you stayed at the studio this week uh due to the snowstorm i did was it creepy? I mean, I've stayed at the studio. I stayed at the old studio, which they said was haunted. What was your experience staying like at this new revamped studio? Uh, my closest comparison is it's how I would imagine if I like snuck into an Ikea and tried to stay the night. <laughs> like, I wasn't scared of ghosts, but I was a little scared that like, 
you know, I would go to like, go to the bathroom in the middle of the night and I would see like Todd sitting on the couch or something, just be like, whoa, <laughs> hey, hey, um, you know, there's just, it, it was comfortable. I slept in the tent in the kind of Cabela's area that we have going right now. And, you know, there's like HVAC humming because it's a huge industrial warehouse building and not like your house. Um, other than that, I uh, slept easy. I mean, it was, it was just a massive storm and I was kind of doing all the math. I usually drive about like 40 minutes into work and I'm like, so is it going to be like two hours to drive in and then, you know, a lot of snow removal and stuff. So it, you know, they were gracious. They let me stay overnight. It all worked out. No ghosts, at least none that I saw. <laughs> Would Todd be the one that you'd least want to see? Uh, sleeping over the studio if if there was somebody there? Uh, he would be the person who, like, I wouldn't be able to get out of a conversation with. <laughs> like, <laughs> if I was just like, oh, I was just going to brush my teeth and hit the sack, he would be like, yeah, you know, I, I just figured it was best. And, you know, I drove in and it's just like I was talking to Jordan and the kids and it would just be like, yeah, uh-huh, 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 yeah. Um, I, I think that would be the only fear. Otherwise, you know, Todd would let you go. That's like an everyday conversation with Todd, though. I don't think it's only sitting yeah. in the studio. <laughs> Dylan? Um, so, Weeks, there's a rumor that at night in the studio, you can hear the screams of Todd Fritz echoing through the corridors. Did you experience any of that? Uh, I mean, I haven't heard him scream aside from, you know, I, I've heard impressions of, let me out, let me out, let me out. <laughs> yeah, that's what I, I that's what I heard. Marv. Eight weeks. Do you have a starting five? Like five guys, Danettes or backroom guys that you would, you know, have a slumber party with here in the studio? Slumber party. I I don't know. If there's if there's enough space, it's hard to tell. But um uh you can come, Marvin. Definitely. You can bring Lorenzo. I don't know if uh he ties into it. Um he's a six man. Yeah, he's 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 the sixth man. And then for Todd sure. four times. Yeah, Todd four times for sure. Um, well, Todd, Todd, actually, he would be a good person for the slumber party. He wouldn't ca- like, you know, you could put whatever movie on. He'd be cool with it. Um, he wouldn't drink yeah. any of the beer, but he would eat all the snacks. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Any movie on Cinemax, no beer. Yeah. Gu- so that reminds me, Guzzy's got to come for sure because he's going to bring the snacks. And he's going to cook. Um, yeah. Yeah, he'll cook. Uh Eric's pretty good for the cooking too. He can come and uh, you know, Mario, you can come too. We miss you. What? That's why. Thank, thanks, Weeks. You I picked really Mario over me, Weeks. Dylan, I, you, there's you like a habit. Rest. There's a habit of being you being left out of things. I kind of feel bad for you. That's true, Dan. Dan does have a tendency. <laughs> well, like now, I'm just sort of you know, I'm in my own little world in this this room in here. So I think I get sort of you know forgotten by the wayside by a lot of people. But you know. I've, I'm used to it. Play the chip on my shoulder. <laughs> Eric. It's kind of funny, Dylan, because um, he was Dylan was always in the control room. And then as we kind of was like, all right, we need to increase our social distancing. We put him into a room that like you have to go through the tech room to get to the room that he's in. And so he's kind of like landlocked. And then um, 
so Dan will like walk by and then sometimes like, Oh, Dylan. And then he'll turn around and like, and Dan doesn't like to go in the tech room because it's the messiest room by far in the building. And, but he doesn't know how to fix it. So he just doesn't want to see it. Um, So like, I think he avoids going in there partially because he doesn't want to see the dirty tech room. And uh, partially because I think he forgets that there's like a man. I mean, like if you didn't have to come in here, you would literally walk by it all day long and not even think like there's a person in there. Well, you are in there. And you see, you tend to be extremely forgettable. No offense. Really, dude. <laughs> Says the guy who's working from home. Yeah. With a cool shirt on, though, I must say. I appreciate the compliment on the shirt. Uh, weeks, that's all we got for you this week. We thank you for joining us. We thank you for all that you do uh, in the back room for the, in the 1215 realm of things. Um, and uh, thank you for some of your time today. Yeah, no problem. It's been fun. That was Eric Weeks, cameraman at the Dan Patrick Show. Weeks is a good guy. Always good conversations uh, with Weeks, whether it's on the 1215 Club or if it's just you and him chopping it up behind the scenes. Dylan, as you scarf down some meat Friday. <laughs> yeah, that was poor timing on my part. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I actually thought about it, like maybe popping by when Weeks stayed over here overnight. Because I thought the same thing. I was like, maybe I might not be able to get here tomorrow. So it's like, it'd be funny if he's just, you know, camping out in his tent and gets a knock on the door outside and it's me at like midnight. Good thing you didn't. Because I think, I think he didn't even want you at his slumber party. So, Eric? It's funny because so uh, weeks did stay here. And then I live about a half hour away, but I have a full size pickup truck. So I wasn't sur- super worried about coming here. And um, so I got here around 530. And Weeks and I did some of the cleanup outside of the snow, trying to get ready for everyone to get here. And it was like 6.30, and Alan and Marvin were here. And I was like, okay. But then Dylan and Rob, who are pretty you know integral parts of what we do, were not here. So I was like, okay. Then it was 7, and I'm like, okay, we got to start doing stuff in like half hour, start pre-taping things. And then it was 7.20, and the next time I looked at it, and I'm like, uh... I was like, I don't know if we're going to be able to get this show going. And Dan rolled up shortly after that. And then everyone got here like right at 730. But it was um, it was a little nerve wracking. I mean, there was a big storm. Um, and I think there was a lot of wind and, and uh, you know, the roads were they came down. All the snow came down super fast. So it was kind of hard for the road crews to keep up. But um, but no, everyone did make it in. But it was a little bit, you know, Dylan was close to an hour late, as was Rob. And I don't blame them. It was just, you know, the the mechanics of the snowstorm. But it was uh it was a little scary there on, on Thursday morning. Speaking just, of that day, Dan said something to lead the show that day. Is this statement true or false? And I'm directing this at you, Eric. I think you answered it already. But We had to shovel the snow today. We had to shovel the sidewalk. You know, we're, when, you say, when you say we, how, how are you using we? Uh, they were outside shoveling, and then I was looking outside to watch them <laughs> shovel. But we shoveled the snow today. And uh, we somehow made it. So, Eric Jones, does Dan Patrick shovel his own snow? I will say that at home, Dan does shovel his own snow, uh, which I was actually surprised at. I thought that for sure he had a plow guy. But Mm -hmm. um, I've been to his house several times, like after a storm for whatever reason. It always seems like this time of year, which is around the time where he hosts his Christmas party, there's usually some sort of snow event. And I'm usually going there to, like, get the triggers ready or, 
do something for him. Uh, and uh, he's usually out there shoveling. I'm always kind of surprised because he doesn't have a snowblower. He just has like a old, it looks like the shovel they used in Home Alone. You know, that guy, like it's just like the <laughs> yeah. little metal shovel. And I'm like, okay. And um, yeah, but here um, I do not think as of yet, as of this storm or any storm up until this point, since we've been at the studio, I have not seen Dan shovel. Um, but, you know, listen, we've got a lot of time left, a lot of water to go under the bridge. So I'm sure he will pick up the shovel at least once. Well, when he does, that will be a sight. And I hope I'm around for that because I'd like to see it. I'd like to participate. I'd, I'd, I'd shovel with him. Mm. <laughs> How much did he miss Todd? Uh, so Todd wasn't there. He like, you know, as everybody has seen on the show on the show on, th- on Thursday, right? Yesterday, uh, Todd was not at the studio. Did he actually miss Todd or you think it was a good break to get away from Todd? Eric Jones. Uh, I can say from my perspective, I actually made the suggestion that we just do this all the time because it was awesome. Not because, not that I don't like the Danettes or anything, but it was just, it it was a, and I think part of it is that like just snow day shows are my favorite because it's almost like you have a snow day like in school or whatever, but you still go to work, but like everyone's in that good mood, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, we went and we got food and cooked for everybody. And I don't know, just the vibe was, was great. I don't know specifically about Todd. Um, he had, uh, he still had technical issues, which did not help his case. Cause I felt like if he was home and it went well, then maybe he could have stayed home the last four days, last four shows of the season uh, this year, but um, it didn't work. So. Marv, you know what? I think he missed Todd in the sense of looking for somebody to talk to once he got out of his studio and went to where the Danettes usually are. And so it really looked like there's a meme of Will Smith in an empty house at the end of Fresh Prince. That's how (laughs) Dan looked once, you know, Todd wasn't here and there were no Danettes. So I think... Maybe it was just me. I think he, you know, came back and, you know, saw Guzzy a little more and myself and Rob and all the rest of the, you know, Eric and, you know, everyone but Dylan, basically. He saw a little bit, saw a little bit more during the, uh, (laughs) you know, Danette list, you know, show yesterday. But, you know, uh, there wasn't as much picking on Todd, I guess you want to call it. You know, not as much interaction, you know, talking about him and Todd's you know, relationship as it was, you know, the past three days before yesterday. But uh, it was good, though. And I think, you know, Eric hit a good point. The vibe was definitely like snow days always put you in like a good mood. Like yesterday we had to, you know, shovel some snow in the patio area. Like, all right, guys, you know, we'll do this. And, you know, you get out of here and go home and have some cocoa. But uh, um, cocoa. Yeah, it was good though. Yeah, Dylan. Um, yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, I don't know if the two are related or not, but Dan was in a pretty good mood yesterday. Um, so whether that's Todd's absence or just like Eric and and Marvin slash Mark touched on, uh, just the general snow day vibe. Uh, I'm not sure, but I also had something else to say, but I forgot because I was sitting here for so long. So thank you, Mario. You're welcome. You're welcome, Dylan. How many do you I got the sense that like I know that this is pre and this was like all pre-anticipated and had nothing to do with snow and I had a surgery, no big deal, warrior, hashtag warrior. 
But did the people who came in got like get a ton of points from Dan because they came in? Eric, you could probably talk to that. Um, I think that the snowstorm, you know, didn't hurt. But I will say that uh, those of us who uh, have been warriors throughout the whole um, the last month where we've been kind of socially distanced and there's been a real, you know, I think there's eight of us, including Dan and uh, Todd, and there's 20,000 square feet. So there's plenty of room for all of us to be here. But, um, you know, it's uh, I, I think Dan really does appreciate it. I don't know. He doesn't necessarily, you know, say it every day, but, um, you know, we all come in and, and do our jobs and we've been safe. I mean, it's amazing, uh, at least from my perspective, when you think about you know, we've been doing the show since we, we took one week off. Um, I think it was in early April and then we had a week off in uh, July. And other than that, we've gone straight through the entire pandemic. And um, I think I've said it a few times on the show, but it's a testament to, um, you know, what everyone, the sacrifices we're all making in our per- private lives. Not that everyone in America isn't, but, you know, everyone's being smart, wearing masks. And, uh, you know, I mean, we've been doing this since, we, we never stopped, you know, and I think so. I think Dan really does appreciate the sacrifices and the time and effort that we all put in to stay safe, keep our workspaces clean and, um, you know, just be smart when we do have to be in, in the same area. So I don't know if the coming in on the snow day was a cherry on top. Um, you know, we have four episodes left this season, this year. So or three now. So three, yeah. You know, we'll see uh, if that gets paid off. Uh, you know, maybe instead of forgetting Dylan's name, he'll forget Mario's name or something. I don't know. That's not necessary. I'm home, but I am doing work. I am doing a lot. Allegedly. Dylan. Yeah, so I think it's less so about us getting points and more so about you losing points by being at home. Because you say, you can tell us you're doing work at all. I don't, I mean, do you want to set the record straight and be honest with, with the audience right now? Um, yeah, I actually would. I appreciate you setting me up. I am doing a lot of work. I think uh, I am contributing a ton. And I think that's all I have to say on that matter. Uh, that was the wrong answer. <laughs> Another thing Dan hit on this week was that he went out and he cut his own tree. Let's just listen to his comments on that. So at two o'clock, right in the middle of everything, I uh, get all dressed up as only I can. And we go and chop down the tree. Still one of the, one of the more amazing marketing uh, approaches. You, we're going to charge you more for you to go cut down the tree. It's like, we'll charge you more for you to go pick apples. And we buy into it, literally. And uh, what happens is, it always sounds like everybody wants to cut down the tree. And as it turns out, I'm usually the one that ends up doing all the heavy lifting. I get under there. I'm Paul Bunyan. And then I got to bag it and I got to wrap it up and then drag it over to get it bagged up and then put it on top of the car and then take it home and then lug it in. Did this surprise anybody? The Dan Patrick Hall of Fame broadcaster, one of the best American sports broadcaster of our generation, probably of all time. It was underneath the tree, cutting it and dragging it in himself. Dylan. Um, no, because like Dan said, it is kind of funny how the whole you're paying for like the experience of getting to do all the work to get your tree. Like, you know, it's like it's like the going to like the apple orchard in the fall. It's like no one actually wants to do it, but it's like, well, this is like, you know, 
a thing that people do. What I you're guess. supposed so, to do, yeah, yeah. You're so you're supposed you're supposed to go cut down your own tree, even though I mean, I always I remember we, like my family would always do it, and I would literally complain every single year because I didn't want to do it, and then somehow they spin it as like it's a fun thing to do. So I'm not surprised. <laughs> Eric, Dan has four children, three of which are girls, and his mm-hmm. wife. And I think that there is a um, quintessential kind of idea of starting the the Christmas holiday season um, with going out as a family. And I think it's, you know, pushed heavily and Hallmark movies and all of this uh, kind of world that, uh, frankly, I don't know much about, but I'm learning as uh, I'm now married. Um, But uh, yeah, I think Dan and his family... um, in theory, I think it's a great family bonding experience. And, um, but I think obviously, uh, Dan usually gets the brunt of the work and then you got to drag it down and like, eh, I don't know, fake trees. It's terrible. It really is. Like it doesn't sound fun. I've never done it personally. I think we, I've always picked it up where my, my parents, we both just kind of picked it up pre-cut and now they do, you know, the tree that they have is, uh, it's like, it's a fake tree, but, I've never done it, and I really don't care to do it. Uh, Marv. Yeah, maybe we should talk to Dan about fake trees because my fake tree is awesome, and I can't tell. Like, I think it's really about the experience, like Eric said, and uh, Dylan both alluded to. Let's pick apples and make an apple pie. How about I just go to the Stop and Shop, and they have apple pies right there already set up, or we could just buy some apples from Stop and Shop and just make the pie instead of going to the apple orchard to take pictures for the gram basically (laughs) like oh let's (laughs) let's make memories man we could do we can make memories in our kitchen also and (laughs) the same way about the tree and invest in a fake tree it's good and then you got to take it out after christmas and put it on you know the side of the curb for somebody to pick it up for the town to pick it up please dylan but then the spin zone to that whole thing is if you do go and do the whole like cutting down the tree yourself thing, you can look down on people like Mario and Marvin who either buy it pre-cut or have a fake one and be like, oh, wow, you guys are just soft. You don't cut down your own tree, even though everyone was miserable the whole time doing it. So but I, we, everyone else, Dan, myself, I think Eric can just hold that over you guys forever. So scrubs. Mm, yeah, I think I'm just going to stick to you didn't really make a good argument. I think I'm just going to stick to it was I think it was a good argument. I'm just going to stick to the fake tree situation. Last but not least, uh, Eric, as you alluded to before, we only have three more episodes of this season of the Dan Patrick show this year of the Dan Patrick show. Any preparations? What are you kind of doing as the time winds down and we go on a 10 day break? Well, this is really just a setup for Mario to get credit for having an idea. So we'll just pay, we'll pay it <laughs> I, I off. I smelled that one coming. <laughs> we'll pay it off here. Uh, Mario had the um, revolutionary idea to um, find the best moments of 2020 and then uh, do a social media campaign uh, around them. Uh, and so we uh, latched onto that. And so we're going to be airing a lot of those moments during the commercial breaks where we typically run just archive clips that could be from anytime in Dan Patrick show history. And now they'll be uh, within the boundaries of 2020. And uh, so something to look forward to, but other than that, you know, um, honestly, I'm just looking forward to a little um, R and R just kind of hanging out at the, at the homestead and vegging out of a quiet holiday and have some fires and just relax. Dylan. 
I was just going to say, leave it to Mario to do like the highlights of the year of like objectively the worst year ever for everybody. As bad as the year. But show been, wise, I guess the show is show wise. There was some good stuff that happened this year. I think we've had a handful of I mean, the show always produces good content. I wanted to highlight it and kind of bring hopefully a smile to our audience face and bring back the best moments of the year. You know, I'll, I'll take the I'll, I'll rescind my statement. You did great, Mario. Thank you so much. Thank you so very much. Marvin, are you doing anything in preparation of leaving the studio for 10 days? No, not really. (laughs) It's exactly the answer I expected. We're just going to do our shows. The best shows we possibly can. That is the real answer. (laughs) That is the real answer. We'll see you guys. What? A short week. So we have a short week next week, Wednesday. We'll we'll talk to you guys then. Uh, from Ariel, Eric the Big German, Marvin the Prince, Dylan the Graphics Guy. This has been the 1215 Club. Have a good weekend, everyone. <laughs>